congratulations all of you that were baptized today. And some of you don't know this, we had six more in the first service, six other ones in the first service. And it's just been a, a celebration today. You know, if there was a, a bullseye, this would be the bullseye of what we are about as a church. You know, just, our mission is to see people become devoted followers of Jesus. And, and uh, one of the marks along the path of following Jesus is to obey Christ in this command that he gave, which is to be baptized and to publicly declare our faith in Jesus. We've been going through a series this uh, this winter since January called AIM, Action, Identity, Mission. And the whole point of it, the series was, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it look like to be a follower of Jesus or a disciple of Jesus? And uh, really, uh, we defined it this way, growing to be someone who lives like Jesus would live, to live into the person of Jesus as he lives in us. And this affects all of our lives, but particularly in three areas or three spheres that, that impacts our whole life. And that is our actions, our behavior, becomes the behavior of Jesus. Our identity is in, in Jesus. We are seen as sinners rather than saints because God looks at us, not through our failure and sin, but through the person of Christ. And then our mission, the M is for mission, that we start to live on the mission or the purpose that Jesus would live. Uh, and he does that all through us. And I think we've seen uh, all of those things shine through in the, in the testimonies today. Well, very quickly, I want to give a verse to all of the baptismal candidates and to us as a church, to those of you who have put your faith in Jesus. And it's from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, and it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And there's four kind of words or phrases in this that I want to kind of just uh, uh, bring out a little bit. The first one is surrounded. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, do you know that there is a whole group of people that surround us today? And if you read the, uh, the chapter earlier in chapter 11, the writer of Hebrews lists this group some of the people that had gone before in history before that. And you can read about their stories of faith, Abel and Enoch and Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Rahab. And the list goes on and on. And all of these people lived out faith. And the writer of Hebrews says, this is faith. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And all of these men and women from the past had been certain about something even though they couldn't see it with their eyes. They all walked into something that they couldn't see with their eyes and yet God had promised. For Abraham, it was that he would become a great nation and that through him, the whole world would be blessed, which means Jesus would come through his line. He never saw it with his own eyes. And he was called to walk to a new land and he didn't know where the land was. And Abel presented a, 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 a sacrifice out of faith and Moses went to the most powerful man in the universe at that time. And the world at that time, Pharaoh, and said, let my people go. And they walked by faith. They, they did not see it, but they believed it. And the writer of Hebrews in verse 6 says this about uh, faith. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must first believe he exists, that he is real, and secondly, that he rewards those who seek him. And these are the men and women who had gone before, and they were like this cloud of witnesses well, that was 2,000 years ago. There's a whole greater amount of cloud of witnesses now and people who go before us. And what this means is this. If you're a follower of Jesus, you don't walk alone. 
You don't struggle alone. You don't go through the triumphs and victories and defeats alone. There is a cloud of witnesses, this group of people that have gone before you. And as you go through the moments of your life and you think, I don't know if I can do it, the cloud of witnesses stands over you, this cloud from the past, they're around you called the church. If you look around today, witnesses around you and they are with you. Your close-knit friends and family and the people that you do life with, you do not walk alone as you follow Jesus. Well, he goes on, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us what? Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. He says, we gotta throw some stuff off. And here's the thing. He says, there's some things that hinder us that are not sin, and then there's sins that entangle us. And the hindrances and sins are different things, but they both pull on us in the wrong way. So what are some hindrances and how can we think about that? Think about it this way. Imagine you're running a race uh, and as you started your race, you're like, I'm just gonna you know, throw on my cowboy hat and my backpack and my cowboy boots and I'm gonna run this race. Now, could you still run the race and finish? Probably. You'd look silly, right? I'm not, sorry, cowboys. You'd look silly running like that. But you would finish, but it would hinder and it would slow down and it would keep you from running efficiently and productively as you run the race. And there's hindrances that we can take on that are not sin, but they can hinder us and make us unproductive in our following Jesus. Some of these hindrances you probably know, right? It might be something like uh, uh, watching movies day in, day out, Netflix, video games, Sports, hobbies, work, business, none of these things are sin, but when they become a primary rather than secondary, they distract us and they keep us from being productive. Again, they're not wrong, but when they become primary, they can make us unproductive as we follow Jesus. But then he says also sins, throw off the sin. Now sin, you can probably figure out what those are, right? It might be an inappropriate relationship, a sexual sin, a self-righteousness sin, a gossip and slander sin, an anger and rage sin, an over-drinking or an impurity or a lust or abuse or overuse of a substance, and on and on you could go as you think of the sins. But here's the thing that he says about sins. Sins don't just slow you down. Sins entangle you. Think of it this way. Imagine walking through life uh, walking through a human-sized spider web and trying not to get caught up in it. This is like walking through sin. It's gonna entangle you. It's gonna mess with you and it's gonna mess you up. Here's the thing about following Jesus. The best life that you can live is a life surrendered to Christ. The best life you can live is a life of following Jesus. And here's how I know that. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If he's the author of life, he most definitely knows how to give us life eternal, but eternity starts now, according to scripture. We are living now, and he gives us the best life, both now and for eternity. Now, does this mean that we will not have hardships in this life? Of course it doesn't mean that. Jesus himself said, you will have trouble in this world, but take heart, I've overcome the world, which means this. The hardships we experience from following Jesus, and we will have hardships, are not as hard as the hardships we face from entangled sin. And this is why I say following Jesus will be hard, but walking your own pathway, 
will make a mess and an entanglement of your life that is far, far worse than the hardships you face from following Jesus. So he says, throw off the, the, the hindrances and the sin and run with perseverance. Perseverance means don't stop. Don't let anything distract you or hold you back as you run and follow Jesus. And then he says this, how are we gonna do all this? With your eyes fixed on Jesus. Never take your eyes off the author, the perfecter, the initiator, the finisher of your faith. Undoubtedly, there's been moments and seasons in our life where we took our eyes off Jesus. And typically, those are the moments that we look back and we regret. <laughs> when you look at the moments of your life when you were entangled in sin, you're like, yeah, that was a season in my life where I took my eyes off of the one who I'm supposed to keep my eyes on. And maybe for some of you, you wonder, I'm so entangled in sin. I don't know if I could ever get untangled. But let me give you this word of encouragement. There is hope, and here's why. Jesus is the author of life. And no matter how much death has been brought into your life through sin, he is the one who can forgive and bring mercy and grace to forgive it and lead you out of it. But here's the other reason why we have hope. And it goes back to where the author of Hebrews started. He says this, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And we have a group of people from history that are cheering us on, cheering you on. And here's what they're saying. We too have walked the way of failure. We too have walked the way of forgiveness. We too have walked the way of mercy and grace. The path of defeat that is always followed by the path of victory through the person of God. And this cloud of witnesses, as you think, can it ever, is there any hope for me? The cloud of witnesses says yes, because we have walked your pathway and we've seen the mercy of God in our life. So I wanna say to you today, you are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. So throw off, throw off the things that hinder and the sin that so easily entangles. And may we be those who run with perseverance Run with our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter, the initiator and the finisher of our faith. Amen? I wanna invite the worship team up and we're gonna close with celebration, singing a couple more songs. And let me just pray as they come up and then we'll celebrate together through song. Father, thank you for each one that stood and publicly declared their faith in you. And Father, may it be a... a an encouragement to each of us. May your body be built up because of the testimony of your people. And our desire in this all is that your name would be glorified and lifted high. And so, Father, for those of us who are maybe walking through triumph right now and maybe others of us are walking through, it feels like defeat. And we wonder and we struggle. May you encourage each of us with the fact that we, there is a cloud of witnesses that has gone before us who have experienced both the defeat and the victory, the failure and sin, and the forgiveness, and that there is hope found in the person of Jesus. And may you increase and strengthen the faith that we have. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We trust you have been encouraged and challenged in your faith journey. 
If you're desiring prayer, want more information on our church, want to partner with us or be involved in any way, please go to our website at mountoliveefc.com. We'll see you next time.